Dateline, June 5th, 2011. Well, g'day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 150, yay, of the Airplane Geek Show. Boy, what a milestone. We might talk about some milestones in a minute, Grant, but uh, we might do this one actually quickly this week because I've been crook all week, mate, and I don't think I'm going to last too late for editing tonight. Okay, well, I'll see if I can uh, amplify the ping machine and try and keep you alive for a little bit longer. I'll tell you what, mate, winter has struck here in Melbourne. It's uh, freezing cold, well, at least by our standards, and uh, boy, the lurgy, it uh, hit my son, and uh, boy, he managed to quickly take out the rest of us in our house here so <laughs> vengeance shall be his yes <laughs> anyway okay let's <laughs> well, kick it off mate uh, air services australia uh, now they're the people that provide uh, amongst other things uh, air traffic control services uh, here in australia well they're going to be trialing a remote tower solution and uh, just by sheer coincidence we actually talked to the people recently that did that that's right way back when we were at avalon air show uh, we had a good chat with the guys from saab who are producing these uh, remote tower systems and they did indicate that there was going to be a uh, trial coming up in Australia. They, were, they couldn't talk about it though because it hadn't been fully uh, sealed up and signed and so on but they did hint that it was coming up and lo and behold here it comes. Absolutely, that was in episode 54, the Avalon Quickcast number one if you want to go back and have a listen to that uh, to see uh, how that system works but this is going to be set up at Alice Springs which as you remember from last week is right out in the middle of Australia. It's about uh, 1,500 kilometres north of the city of Adelaide so it's a long way away. Now uh, this, is, uh, this tower is actually going to be controlled from Adelaide uh, and they're going to try it there to see uh, how it works. This will be from uh, 2012 and uh, yeah, the Air Services Australia in partnership with Saab uh, are looking to see how this can work, particularly when there's a lot of uh, airfields opening up in more remote parts of Australia at the moment. That's right. It's definitely going to help them do round-the-clock servicing at some towers that uh, they can only have humans in during the day, for example, or those towers that are in remote locations they can uh, completely service from far away. It's, it's not a new concept for us here in Australia where we have all of our our airspace controlled from two major locations in Brisbane in the north and here in Melbourne in the south. Uh, all the en route and areas that aren't controlled by an airport or a um, approach control and so on are all covered out of those two locations. So remote management, not something we're unused to. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes, Grant. And I'll tell you what, I hope they've got a camera in that tower pointed squarely at the new boneyard. I think that'll make a, a very good drop cam image uh, for, for people to go and look at. There you go, mate. There you go. Yeah. That's if you're a, a plane spotting tragic like myself. Well, yes, you have been known to go and park out the end of the runway quite a bit. <coughs> Who said that? A, a vicious rumour, Grant. I can't believe you said that. I think you started it. Oh, right. <laughs> so anyhow. <laughs> anyhow. Well, let's move on to Qantas. Now, we won't talk too much about Qantas as usual. We're looking through our news feeds here, Grant, and there's stacks of news for Qantas at the moment. And we've been reporting on a lot of doom and gloom for uh, you know for, for our national flag carrier of late. But here's some good news for them, mate. Uh, Qantas's April traffic figures show uh, better domestic yields. That's right. They uh, have managed to get some more passengers flying domestically. Now, this is across the group, not necessarily on Qantas Mainline. Last week, we reported that uh, Qantas Mainline was down to a bit of a record low on international. This is across the group. Domestic is doing pretty well. That does include Jetstar. It's good to see that they are getting getting some good news. Yeah, actually, interesting, isn't it, Grant, that uh, Jetstar Domestic, I think, according to this article that we're looking at here by Steve Creedy in The Australian, uh, it's actually saying that Jetstar Domestic has uh, shown the most improvement, up 19.5%. No surprises there. People are looking for the uh, cheaper discount fares. But, mate, still, despite this good news, Qantas are looking to remove 350 to 400 staff from the group, and they're uh, talking about voluntary redundancies being offered to uh, primarily the 
flight attendants. Yeah, it's interesting, Grant. Now, according to this article we're looking at here on the Australian Aviation website, Qantas's cabin crew workforce numbers about 7,000 people. And it'll uh, be interesting to see what happens here. For instance, will they be targeting the people that have been there, uh, you know, and have uh, for quite a long time and have got uh, a lot of seniority and perhaps are not part of the Qantas Cabin Crew Australia outfit uh, to see if they can reduce the number of people on those older awards and get them across into the new operation. Indeed. And you, know, you, you might look at it and go, hmm, the older crew, they could be very expensive to uh, give a voluntary redundancy to. But by the same token, they also cost a lot more per flight to operate. So I'm sure that they will have done the, the uh, numbers and figured out where the sweet spot is to let people go. Well, it's one thing we've learned about Qantas over the journey here on the Ausdesk Grand is that Qantas is absolutely ruled by the numbers. That's right. Be it fuel burn, be it uh, cost of crew, be it anything, they're very much a numbers organisation, not a not so much a touchy-feely human kind of crowd. Well, mate, it seems that uh, redundancies and, uh, in fact, uh, paying out of benefits and stuff is not only restricted to the people in the cabin crew side, it looks like some of the uh, people at the top end of Qantas have been uh, cashing in their holidays and all their uh, entitlements and, well, heading off to work at the opposition at Virgin Australia. That's correct, Steve. Uh, John Borghetti has definitely picked up a lot of people from uh, the old Qantas days to come across, and he's just picked up another one, their uh, main IT guy. Yes, mate, in this case, it's the former uh, Qantas Chief Information Officer, Sega Reddy. Uh, He's heading across to uh, Virgin Australia to uh, assist them with the merging of all their systems together as they uh, transform that business into a uh, single standalone operation. So, uh, interesting, once again, that, as you say, uh, John Borghetti is uh, just uh, hand-picking the people he wants from Qantas and bringing them across. And uh, we always thought he'd make them pay at Qantas for not giving him the top job, and uh, he just continues to prove us right. Yeah, so long as he actually brings across the, the good parts of Qantas, not the uh, focus solely on the bottom line and outsource everything overseas. I don't think we're going to see that, though, because Virgin Australia is starting to make a lot of waves over here, pointing out that uh, they're doing a lot of maintenance and a lot of work and everything here is all internal in Australia. I wouldn't be surprised if before long they're going to say they're more Australian than Qantas. Yep, and that's uh, that's the theme we were going on with last week. And, you know, it's certainly, as I said last week, that's that's going to play very well for them in the media, not only because they're actually doing it, because uh, also because their opposition at Qantas is, is copying a lot of flack for doing completely the opposite. So uh, that's going to continue for a long time. Two completely different business strategies here. And, um, you know, it suggests to me, Grant, that this is perhaps one of the reasons why Borghetti didn't get the top job at Qantas, because he obviously wasn't on board with their program. And uh, mm. he's... he's more of the uh, of the mind that uh, some of the work should be kept here. Now, I guess it's a little easier for him to do that. Virgin is, at least at this stage, still a smaller operation than Qantas, so I guess it would be easier for them to do that than it would be for Qantas at this well, they stage. Cer- they certainly do have the uh, lower cost base compared to Qantas. Okay, now we mentioned milestones at the uh, the front of this segment, and of course, uh, as we mentioned, it is the the 150th episode of the Airplane Geeks. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, big congratulations to to everybody there at the team. Uh, Max, in particular, uh, being a podcast producer myself, I can tell you it takes a lot of work to make a podcast, and we don't make ours every week. But uh, you know, we do a lot of other segments and stuff during the week, including this one and some other projects that we've got going. So uh, it, it does take a lot of work, and uh, I can tell you that uh, Max works extremely hard to get this uh, podcast out to all the listeners every week week so uh, it's a real credit to, to you guys that there's 150 episodes in the can and uh, you know I reckon that'll be coming up to 100 episodes that uh, Max has done now since Courtney left I think Courtney left at episode 51 if memory serves oh wow 
But uh, just on that, Grant, just before we, we sign off, uh, the other milestone that's coming for us is Ausdesk number 100. Now, I've been doing some research during the last couple of weeks, and as best as I can tell, the Australia Desk report is now at episode 98. That's this one. So uh, at episode 152, uh, we're going to be coming up to Ausdesk number 100. Now, there were a few Ausdesks before Grant and I started doing them together. If uh, those of you who've listened to the show for a long time will probably remember that uh, I started doing my own reports, and then uh, Grant started doing his own reports, and we, we merged them together. And uh, from about uh, episode 49 is where the first combined Ausdesk came together. Now, we've missed a couple across the journey, and there was the episode, I think it was about 88, uh, with Carleen Pettit, where we sat in for the whole episode, so there was no Ausdesk there. So according to my figures, 152 will be Ausdesk 100. So, Grant, we have a little idea in mind. Hmm. Yes, we do. That's correct. What we've decided to do is go back and make a themed Ausdesk. That's right. We're going to pull out the hard work, and we're going to do a themed Ausdesk once again. We've kind of been shy of them because they take a lot of effort. But for uh, the 100th Ausdesk, we're going to do a theme and we're throwing it open for you folks to suggest what the theme should be. And uh, if your theme idea is used, uh, we'll uh, try and find a way to bring you into the show if you have Skype or some way of uh, getting us your voice. Yep, it should be a lot of fun. Now, some provisos to this. We don't really care what part of the planet you're on. If you want to uh, be a part of the uh, Ausdesk number 100, we'd love to have you on. You must have Skype. You must have a wired connection so that we've got good... uh, audio quality and uh, we don't have a lot of packet loss which is a bit of a problem for Skype over wireless. Uh, Grant and I normally record this on a Sunday night about 9pm that's 11am Zulu time or uh, GMT so you would need to be available at that time. Unfortunately Grant and I due to the vagaries of our various work schedules are not generally able to record this segment at any other time of the week so uh, that'll be a lot of fun folks so we're going to leave it up to you. Uh, you can send those emails, send them through the Airplane Geeks emails so that Max can scan them and uh, you know <laughs> make sure everything's on the up and up so that's the geeks at airplanegeeks.com and uh, Max will pass those on to us. Now, of course, we haven't actually mentioned that to Max yet. So, Max, I hope you're okay with that. But uh, that's the idea. We want to uh, come up with an idea for a themed Ausdesk. Uh, we haven't done one for about 30 or so episodes now. So, it's high time we did one. They do take a lot of work to produce. So, uh, let's get some ideas out. Uh, we'll make the cutoff uh, episode 151. So, we've got a week or so to plan. And uh, yeah, we'd love to, if uh, for the person that comes up with the winning entry, well, we'll try and find a way to work you into it. Should be a lot of fun. So, there we go folks uh, we look forward to seeing those entries and uh, we're going to sign off now and I'm going back to my sick bed <laughs> I hope I'll be better next week uh, until next week I'm Steve Fisher. I'm Grant McCarran. cheers folks